Okay, let's get started. Today we're learning Masechet's Bavakama Daf Peches. Um, today we're learning two sugyas. We're going to learn the sugya about how we know why there is no boshes by an Evid, which was a shita that we saw yesterday of Rabbi Yehuda. As well, we'll find out why an Evid and a Ger can or cannot be um, an aid. And then on the Amid Beis, we're going to learn uh, quite a difficult sugya about whether a mother is able to gift something like uh, that she brought into the marriage to her son and ignore the husband in the picture, which is a little bit complicated. Let's get into all these sugyas. We're starting on the top of Peiches and Aleph, four lines down. Quoting from our Mishnah, it says, Really, we're not talking about that. We're asking why my time of Rabbi Yehuda, that he holds that there's no boshes for an Eved, because Amar when is it that we have a case of boshes? That's when there's ishve achiv, when there's a man and his brother. Wow. Okay. So achva is a halachic terminology. If I say that you're my brother, that is halachic talk. It's halachic speak. We have uh, examples of this in the Torah, like kamocha. For me to have a din to love you, there first has to be a din of reya by you. If you're not a reya, then I have no mitzvah to love you. Here too, you're not considered achva if you're an evet, and because there's no din of achva, so then there's no bo- there's no boshes, which also has a fascinating subtext to it, is that the din of busha is the din in the fact that you and I are brothers. How can I hurt you? That's uh, that's kind of what's implied from the Gemara. You have to pull note on the side of What? You have to pull note on the side of No. <laughs> what? I didn't. I didn't put the note in there. First of all, why don't I have the note? That I'm I'm, I'm equally upset that I don't have the note as to what the note actually said. Say that again, that, that, that the din of Ahva is that, meaning he, there's no such thing as having a brother or a sister because he can, he can no, they, they cohabit with opposite genders and that's it. Holy cow. Okay, that's not what I thought the Gemara meant. Uh, does it say, is that Gilion Ashas? Is that like a, it's not Gilion Ashas. It's, it's a note in the rock from the Rashi. <clears throat> There's an, I have an asterisk in Rashi in the second line. Gimel. Lishna Krina, Evet Ain Lo Achva Shemuter Bachoso. Um Yushana Vuhushmat Mipneha Tsenzor. It's taken out because the 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 the, the Goyim didn't like the uh, attribution to being a Chamor. I could understand that. Am ha Chamor, Bizeshamati. Wow. Okay, I didn't see that footnote. Anyways, that's what Rabbi Yehuda holds. There's no boshes because they have no din of ach. Okay. The Rabbanon, the Rabbanon say, achiv hu b'mitzvos. No. No, they still, even if you're an avid kanani, you still have a minimum din of halacha, like an isha, of mitzvos say shaloh hazman grama, you're obligated in. So therefore, the din is that they would say that an evid does have boshes. So there's a machlokes tanoim between Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon, whether an evid has a din of boshes. Rabbi Yehuda says they don't qualify for achiv. And, Rabbi, and the Rabbanon say they do qualify for Achiv because Achiv just means that you're Shaykh to Mitzvos. If this in fact is the Machlokas, then the Rebbe Huda who says that they're not Achiv, then Zomimei Eved lo Yiharogu. Then if um, you have an Eved who becomes an Eid Zomim, if there's no din of Achiv, 
then they shouldn't be killed if they get caught as Edim Zomimim. What does the Pasuk say? So if we say that there's no din of Achiv by an Eved, if the Eved gives Edus and he's caught a pair of Avadim give Edus and they're caught as Edim Zomimim, we talk, should say Lo Yaharogu, that they're not able to be killed, there's no din of Eved. Amarava, maybe that's true, but Amarav Amarav That when we are talking about Adam Zomimin, they have a fundamental din of Ra. And even if it's an Evid who doesn't have a din of Ach, we would still kill these Adam, these Avadim who became Adam Zomimin. Elameata, let's keep asking on this Machlokes Rabbonan and Rabbi Huda. If this is true, we're 12 lines down on Pechas Medal. If it's true, according to the Rabbanon, that there is a din of Achiv by an Eved, and therefore there is a din of Boshas, then Eved Yehei Kasher Lamalchus. In order to have someone who's to, to, someone to be a Melech, they have to be Achiv. Pasha, they have to be Achiv. So if you're saying that they have a din of Achiv because they have a din of Achiv like an Isha, so therefore they should be Kasher to be a king. According to that, we should have a problem with a ger according to everyone. Rashi, Rashi Tikshilach ger, seven lines down from the top. The Gemara says, uh, You have to have the mother be a yid. So therefore you'd have a kash even by a ger also. And Ella says the Gemara, that When we're talking about the din of a melech, the din of a melech is always from the choicest of your brothers. And the way it's understood here is having someone who's mamish yid, mother and father, having a, a full set of parents who are who are both Jewish, but not only one parent, seemingly. Again, it's not so super clear from the Gemara whether or not having just a Jewish mother is sufficient, but uh, if you're a ger proper, um, then you're seemingly not shaykh from malchus. According to the sheet of the Rabbanon, that there is a din of Achiv by an Eved, then an Eved should be able to be an aid. Why? Because one-third of the way down, the Pasuk has the word Achiv. And if an Eved has a din of Achiv, like the Rabbanon say, in that an Eved has, an Eved Kanani at least, has the same din as an Isha. Obviously, an Eved Ivri is the uh, same din of, uh, as everybody. So if he's a man, he's a full set of halachos. But if you're an Eved Kanani, you have a din of an Isha. So therefore, we should say that maybe an Eved who has a din of Achiv can be an aid, says the Gemara. Omar Ula, Edus, Lomotis Amis. You cannot say that an Eved has a din of Edus. Asya Edus, Bekal Vachomer Mi Isha. Because we can learn from the world of Isha, which is a what, which is one status. We know that an Isha is not shaykh by most cases of Edus, um, and an Eved is a kol shakin. Let's see how. Uma Isha Your average Yiddish woman who obviously is allowed to marry into the kal, into the kal, right? Talking about our wives are allowed to marry into kal. We're part of the kal. They married us. They're psula the edus. Women are exempt from, not able to be edim. If that's true, then evet she'ein roi bakal, then an evet who's limited in who he can marry, he can only marry another, a shifcha, but he can't marry into the regular kal. Eino din she'pasul edus. Pashat, that you cannot say such a thing. You can't argue that an evet has a din of achiv and that he's similar to a woman. Because a woman is psula the edus, and an evet's worse than a woman because an, an isha is ru'ya lava bakal. You look like you have a question. Oh, I'm just wondering all those two of them have. Why? Like, why is it tafta? 
Ebed and Isha? Yeah. Because the Ebed Kanani has a halachic status of a woman in that he's he's pater for mitzvah sasecha as mangrama and chayev mitzvah sasecha lo as mangrama. So let's say uh, the mitzvah of Shmira Shabbos, whatever. Mitzvah, pick your mitzvah, so I say Simcha, whatever it is. So he's he's identical to a woman in that way. And she's Psula Le'edus, and he's worse than she is. So Kal V'chomer, if an Isha, who's Ru'uya Lavo B'Kahal, she's able to marry you, right? Your wife married you, you're, you're Kasher, she's Ru'uya Lavo B'Kahal. She's Psula Le'edus, then an Ebed who cannot marry into the Kahal, all the more so he's Psula Le'edus. Well, I know, it's just strange that who you can marry is the determining factor. Oh, oh, oh. No, it's not. It's not so much that. It's that Kal Homers find one feature on one side that doesn't apply to the. You're right. It, there's not a logical progression in, in regards to saying that. Therefore, an Isha is better, but it is to say that there, that she has one up on him, and we'll see in a second that there are arguments in the other direction. For example, let's look at the next one. It says the Gemara. Wait one second. That's not a great Kal Homer. Mal Isha shekain ena ruuya lemila tomar beeved shehu roi lemila. Okay, but a woman, she's ptura from. Uh, according to most religions, she's Petura from uh, the world of Brismila. Mashain can never does Taka have a den of Brismila? So there, same same point as before. Text is that we're trying to find features that apply to one that don't apply to the other. It's like remember when we were little kids, the highlights in the back they had identifying find the difference between the two pictures. That's what we're doing. Anisha has a difference in Ruya Levobaka. He has a difference in that he has he's Shaykh to the mitzvah of Mila. Says the says the Gemara. Well, that argument about an Ebed is not a very good argument to say that he should be chayev. Uh, he should be chayev and be allowed to be an Ebed because katan yochiach. What about a katan? Sheyeshno b'milu pasal edus of a five-year-old child, a boy. He had a he had the mitzvah of bris mila, and guess what? He's completely pasal. The kid has no das, none, zero, not until he's thirteen. So therefore, you can't bring a raya that an Ebed should be an should be able to be an Ebed as it relates to this because a katan is actually better than an Evet because a Katan will grow out of his being a Katan automatically. The Evet's stuck for a long time. Says the Gemara, no, Isha a woman can disprove that case of the child because she is Shaykh in mitzvos, which a kid is not, and she's still Psulele what we see here is some cyclical logics where one is slightly different than the other. We have Eved that has one unique feature of Mila. We have an Isha which has one unique feature of Shiyeshno B'mitzvos. And she's also Ruyel Bobakal. And we have the Katan who is a paradox in that he is not really Shaykh and Mitzvos, but he is Chayv and Mila. And when we look at the common denominator between them, uh, we're a little bit more than halfway down on Peiches Menal, but Sarah that when we talk about an Isha and a Katan, they are not Shaykh in all mitzvos, and they're both So the Gemara concludes with this type of approach that an Eved is not allowed to be an aid. So now we've seen that an Isha, and we already knew about an Isha, we already knew about a Katan, we, we're adding to the list that an Eved is not Shaykh to be an aid. Mm-hmm. The Gemara says, wait one second, Shekane, Eno Ish. This is a fascinating question. The Gemara says, you tried to learn from two things from the world of Isha and Katan to teach us about an Eved. But an Isha and a Katan have one Chisaron in that they're not a man. The Katan is a boy. And the Isha is not a man. Tomar be'eved shehu ish. I should be able to argue that you can't learn a case of Eved 
from the world of Isha and Katan, because what the Ebed has going for him is that he's a man, and you can't learn the din of a man from a woman and a child. They're not, it's not the same thing. They're not the same. They have different statuses. Says the Gemara, you're right. Elatesi mi Gazlan. Perhaps we should learn out from the case of a Gazlan where he is an Ish, but he's also Pasola Edus. So says the Gemara, no. No, the Gazlan was, was a, a self-induced scenario. He did an action to put himself in that bracket. The guy is a thief. He's an idiot. He, he stole things. Of course he's going to have halakhic issues. There are ripple effects to the decisions that we make. So if you have a Gazlan who goes and steals a car in broad daylight, the reason he's puzzled is because he's a Russia. It's not inherent. It's not comparable to an Ebed. Tomar be'Ebed she'ain ma'asav garmulo. You can't. You can't say that our Marimakom is a Gazlan. So the Gemara ends with a little bit of a, well, not such a stretch to our cancer. How do we know at the end of the day that an Eved is going to be Pater? It's not from Isha and Katan because we can't learn from Isha and Katan because they're not Ish. The Gemara concludes two-thirds of the way down. We have to do a mix of two answers. We need the Gazlan case. And we also need the case of Chad Mehanach, either the Isha or the Eved, or the Katan. So if you have the case of Gazlan plus Isha or Katan, those two answers combined function enough to teach us that an Eved is, is not allowed to be an aid. doesn't feel stark to me. No? It should be simpler. <laughs> it should be simpler. It should be simpler, or it should just be a stronger answer because... Like right now, if we were writing the Shulchan Aruch, right, we would look at this Gemara and we would say, an Eved is not allowed to be an aid, and we learn this from uh, a Gazlan being Pater from Edus because he's a man, and a Katan being Pater from Edus because he's a, he's not Shaykh and Mitzvahs. It just feels piecemeal. It doesn't feel stuck. But the highlight of the Gemara really is, is that it's not a simple thing to learn out. You cannot learn it from Isha because she's not a me. She's not an Ish. You can't learn it from Katan because he's not an Ish. So we needed a case where there was a man involved, coupled with someone who wasn't shaykh and mitzvot. But the man who stole his shaykh and mitzvot, that's what made him a Russia. So therefore, we were stuck with this you know, difficult answer. But nevertheless, that's the case, that an Eved, Kenani, is not allowed to be... We're, we're not discussing an Eved Ivri Bichlam. We're not... There's seemingly no... I'm, I don't know for sure, but I don't see why an Eved Ivri couldn't be an aid. We're only talking about an Eved Kenani, who only has a din in this respect as an Isha. He says that we have a different answer. The Pasuk reads in Sefer Dvarim, I'm going to read the whole Pasuk and then I'll translate. Fathers will not die at, their, at the hand of their sons. Sons will not die at the hand of their fathers. Each person will die for their own sins. So if a father does an Avera that requires Misa, the father gets killed. But the son can't give testimony on his father, and vice versa. If the son does something that deserves Misa, the father can't be the one to give Edus. That's what the Pasuk says. So let's learn this uh, in the Gemara here, according to Marbure de Ravina. What does he say? Lo yumsu avos al banim, lo yumsu al pi avos, she'en lehem chayes lebanim. You can't die from the Edus of a father to whom he has no chayas on the bottom, to whom he has no chronolo uh, no genealogical 
relationship with. If we were to assume like the Pasuk reads, I would have thought in the testimony of a child. But that can't be what we're talking about. It has to be that we're talking about genealogy and not about a simple case of a son giving Edus on his father. Because if it was about a case of a son giving Edus on his father, then Lichtov Rachman lo yumsu avos al benehem. A father on his sons, not banim. Banim is not the right word. It should have been benehem, on his sons, not on banim, on sons. It's a little bit of a strange phraseology. My banim, what, why then do we have the odd language of banim instead of benehem? Five lines before the wide lines, you cannot die with the testimony of a father who doesn't have a genealogical connection, a biological connection to the person who he's talking about. If that's true, then what about the rest of the Pasuk? The first part of the Pasuk says, the second part of the Pasuk says, are we talking about a child who's uh, not going to die from the testimony of his father? And this would be code word for a ger, right? The child has a, a father that he's not related to. And if that were to be true, and that is not the case. A ger is allowed to give edus. A ger is in a higher level than an eved kanani. Hushet, they're on a higher level. And Evid has an Evid Kanani has a very minimal scope of mitzvos. Obviously, all the Isurim, but the only mitzvos are mitzvos are Shalohazman Grama. But when it comes to a ger who properly converts, they have all the mitzvos in the Torah. So we have at the lowest level, we have uh, a goy. Okay? Above a goy, we have an Evid, we have an Evid uh, Kanani. Above an Evid Kanani Lachora, we have a ger. Above a ger, we have, uh, uh, I guess, an Isha, and then a ger, and then a regular full-fledged Jew. I mean, a ger is a full-fledged Jew, but there's there's like rank and there's like flow. Again, these are not things we like to publicize on billboards because they're nuanced and complicated emotionally, socially. But nevertheless, that's what seems to be from the Gemara, is that it would then seem, according to the end of the Pasuk, that a ger is pasal edus. The Gemara says, what are you talking about? How can you compare the case of Ger to Evet? Amri, the Gemara says two lines before the wide lines, 15 lines before the bottom of the page. What kind of comparison are you making? Ger, when it comes to someone who converts, Nahi granted the Ein Lochais Lamala, he won't have family above him in the generation above. If I were to have converted, if my parents were Goyim and I converted, my parents are not my halachic parents. But after I convert, if I then have children, my children would be Yidin, just like I'm a Yid, even though my father's a God. But this is very different than the realms of an Eved. This uh, is actually a strong raya, Rav David, to what you were saying earlier, that he has no family members above, uh, above or below, and I'll just add in laterally as well. They're not family, you're an Eved, you're an Eved. Although that does mean that an Evid Kanani is not shaykh to all of the Isurim and Chumash. It's super interesting. What does it mean that he's like an Isha? Well, so he is shaykh. He is shaykh him. Right? Torah Just says, Yichus. He may not be with your sister. It's not his sister. If he had a sister, which he doesn't, then it was Yishayah. What? Interesting. I think that's how it works. Yeah, we that's correct. We assume that if a ger 
No, Forget about a gear. If an Eved is an Eved, he has no familial relationships at all. Right. So it's not that the Isser doesn't isn't there, it's just that it doesn't have I also don't have a sister. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't know why. Got it. It's fascinating. But they can they can sleep together. That's what that sure what that's what it seems to say that's certainly what it seems to say before I don't know practically speaking we did see it I'm just bothered like you can't just cohabit with anyone you want forget about sister or not sister you can't just Right, so just can't just be flippant. We no, he's a, he's a he's he has a din of an isha. The fact that the fact that he sleeps with a not forget about isha. You can't sleep with a stama person if you're an isha. You can't just sleep with someone if you're an isha. If an ebed is an isha, a woman can't cohabit with a single guy down the street. That's not allowed. So why is an ebed allowed to cohabit with this non sister? Why is isn't he regular isurim like everybody else? Right? Isn't that what he says? He's a chamor. He's a chamor as it relates to genealogy. But but if he's like an isha that he has shaykhs and mitzvos. Forget about sister. If an evet is like an isha, if an evet is like an isha, can a, a single woman sleep with a random single man? No. There's isurim and chumash like that. There's psukim. If an Evid is like an Isha, so can an Evid sleep with this? Maybe she's a biological sister. But who cares? Can't sleep with her anyways. He has other losases to worry about. He can just cohabit with anyone? Forget about Kedushin. Forget about Kedushin. There's nothing, but you can't sleep with someone out of the blue if you're a Yid. That's not allowed. He's like an Isha. So that's what that's the question is when we say that an Evid is like an Isha, what is that a full, a full statement that an Isha, uh, it's not, it's not, it's just it's then I'm just asking what is the scope of Evid is like an Isha, yeah. In regards to what to genealogy. I mean, the father is, we, we do it at Bris Ben Abraham. Right. The father's a zero. Halachically speaking. But I, mean, I should be careful with my words. That's uh, it's... Huh. Well, even one sixteenth. The baby's 100% Jewish. 100% Jewish. Yeah. I've had multiple cases of women in their young 40s who weren't, they never found Mr. Wright. They sperm bank. And called the parish miruba parish, the zeras. It's relevant if it's Jewish, but it's definitely goyish. I say it's and halacha lemaisa babies eat because it's uh it's, it's a din in the rechem. She can't. So the Gemara says the hachi hashta line and says there's no comparison between the world. We're never going to finish. By the way, we're going to have to interrupt at some point. Um, but the the Gemara says the next album is even harder than this one. So. We'll be here a while, or we won't. Uh, the Gemara says that uh, there's really no comparison. How can you compare Ger, where the Ger at least will have children who are Yidden, 
But an Evid has no family. And the Isal Kadaitach Ger Pasaleidus, if you wanted to even say that a Ger is Pasaleidus, which it's not even true, then then you should have written the Pasuk the way that would have made more sense. But that, the Torah doesn't say it that way. And therefore, the way, because of the way it was written, we can learn two things. One is that children can't be killed with the Edus of a father. And second, the Edach, first of the very long lines, is that there can't be uh, but you can't die based on sons who don't have a genealogical, halachic genealogical connection. If a ger, if, again, this is all theoretical, what would have been, if we would have said that a ger was going to be usher based on the original phrase, phrasing of the Pasuk, then he would have been puzzled. Then Evet she'en loch, that's not what the Pasuk said, but that would have been the Kalva Chomer. When it's not written, but Banim, very complicatedly moved him on Banim versus Bnehem and the two halves of the Pasuk. But the Gemara concludes clearly that there is a distinction between an Eved and a Ger, and it's a very subtle distinction in regards to reality. And that is that because an Eved will never have Jewish descendants, um, again, unless he converts, if, you're, if, you, if he remains an Eved, he'll have no Jewish descendants, so he could never give Edus. Mash Enkin, if you're a Ger, even if your father and mother are both Goyim Doraisa, but because you yourself converted, a woman, whatever, man converted, you converted and you married a Yid, so now you now you have Jewish descendants. So now your 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 edus is shaykh, which means that the edus is only shaykh because you can create other Jews, even if you don't create other Jews. But it just means that you have the capacity for lineage, and that's based on the psukim. It's not logical uh, connection point between the fact that you're able to have Yiddish kids means you're shaykh the edus in logic, but because of the psukim, that is how we conclude. The, Yeah. That's a guy. It's not his kid. Kid's a Jew. The father's a guy. Evid Kanani, even though he has a din of an Isha. No. Even by your regular father with routine, a 100% slam dunk, that's my child, it's still only a chazaka. I started telling this to parents who intermarry, by the way. It's my loophole of getting out of very difficult conversations. I tell them, you know, even in the in the underbelly, uh, under the hood of Jewish law, the relationship between a mother and a child is 100%. And the relationship between a father and a child is a chazaka. It's a halachic legal assumption. So therefore, we always follow the mom. Oh, your wife's a Christian? Okay, the baby's also not Jewish. It's helped me quite a bit, actually. Um, okay. And the chitema, if you want to say that really lichtov rachman of the pasuk should have been written the other way, then why would the Torah have said the other part of the pasuk of uvanim lo yumsu al avos, which would have implied that you cannot die based on the testimony of children who have no genealogy? So the Gemara responds, I did the kasev lo yumsu avos al banim kasev nami uvanim lo yumsu al avos. The end of the pasuk was really not meant for inference. Normally we see this in Mishnais, but not in Pesukim. We've seen a couple of times in this Masechta where we see it even in Pesukim.
end of sugya number one. Uh, just going to review very quickly. If you are a full-fledged yid and you are a male, you're kasher le'edus. If you are a full-fledged yid and you are a woman, you're not kasher le'edus. If you are a ger uh, and you are kasher le'edus. If you are an eved kenani, you are not kasher le'edus. If you are a katan, you are not kasher le'edus. That will be our little chart for today. Most of it's intuitive to us. Maybe we would have had a little bit of a suffix with the eved because he's male but has halachic responsibilities like a female, like a yid, like a Yiddish woman. Okay, fine. Let's get into another difficult sugya that we're not going to finish. The Gemara says, two lines from the bottom, we said in our Mishnah that you should never get in a fight with a cheshot or a katan, because if they hurt you, they're pater, and if you hurt them, you're chayiv. Tells the Gemara a story as follows. Please hold cup, because the names are repetitive. Ime derib shmuel bar abba mehagrunya there's two Rebbe Abbas here. Shmuel's blood father was Abba. That was his name. And his mother had a second marriage with Rebbe Abba, a different Rebbe Abba. She only seemingly married people named Rebbe Abba. The first Rebbe Abba was the one with whom she had Shmuel. The second Rebbe Abba was a stepfather to Shmuel. And with this second husband, with the stepfather, and what she wanted to do was write um, write a, a will and testament that said, um, I, in my second marriage with Rabbi Abba number two, I want all my money to go to Shmuel from Abba number one. I don't want my, step, my, my husband to have any of the money. I want it all to go to Shmuel. So Shmuel will get it. And the stepfather, Rabbi Abba number two, will get nothing. Basra Deshiva, after she died, turning to the top of Pechesimid Beis, Here's a third Rebbe Abba, just because why not? Why wouldn't we? Okay. And and the Gemara says that the money belongs to Shmuel. What that means is that the mother, Mrs. Uh, I can't even say her last name. I don't even know. The woman, Shmuel's mother, has the right to skip giving her money to the step... What? Mrs. Abba. Yeah, not helpful. Not helpful at all, actually. Yeah, well, Shmuel's mother is the best descriptor of her. So Shmuel's mother is able to say, I don't want you, husband number two, the stepfather of Shmuel, to get my money. I want all of my money to go to my son. That works. However, Azal Rabbi Abba, the stepfather, was very upset. This new husband was very upset. Azal Rabbi Abba, Amr Lamilsa Kamed Rabbo Shaya, and Rabbi Abba brought the Shaila to his Rav. That's what we do. And we bring Shailas to Rabbanim. Azal Rabbo Shaya, Amr Kamed Rabbi Yehuda, and he brought it to Rabbi Yehuda. So we had Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba giving the Psak that the money goes to Shmuel. And now we have Rabbi Yehuda. What does he say? Amr Lei, Hachi Amr Shmuel. It's so funny because Shmuel himself said the following thing. It's not the same Shmuel. It's just the same name. It's just the same name. I just told you there's a lot of repetitive names in this. It's not the same Shmuel. It's the Shmuel. The. I don't even know what that means. But let's continue. Five lines down. So what did what did Shmuel, uh, the Shmuel Paskin, Haisha, I don't follow. Haisha shemachra b'nichsei melug b'chayi baila umesa. A woman who sells her nichsei melug. Let's review. 
is what a woman brings into a marriage where she owns the principal and he owns the payros. Okay, so she brought that into the marriage and she sold it during her lifetime and then she died. What's the din? Her husband, let's put names to it, Rabbi Abba can go to Shmuel and take it back. Why? Because she had no right to sell the Nechse Malug. He had a connection to the Peros. So there's a machlokas between uh, Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba said that a woman is allowed to sell Nechse Malug. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, a woman is not allowed to sell Nechse Malug. And we'll get into the belly of this machlokas in a little bit. Ruha Kamed Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba, they brought this line of Shmuel back to the first person, to Rav Yirmiya Bar Abba, and Amar Lehu, Ona Look, uh, all I know is the following Mishnah. And my gosh, is this Mishnah going to give us a curveball? One who writes all of his property to his son for after the time that the father dies. No, this was, let's assume everyone's still alive. He wrote the will. Right. He said, this piece of property, this three-acre piece of property at 123 Main Street belongs to my son when the father dies. The son doesn't yet have rights yet because the father is still alive. And because the father is still alive, so he can't sell it. The father also can't sell it because he's earmarked it for his son. So this three-acre piece of property at 123 Main Street is trapped. Nothing can happen to it at all. The son can't sell it because it's not his yet. The father can't sell it because he earmarked it for his son. What if the rules were broken? Machar ha'av, if in fact the father did sell this piece of property at 123 Main Street, mechurim achiyamus, they're sold, meaning, okay, I guess you sold it, but it only applies until the day that the father dies because what was the condition of the will and testament? That it belongs to my son from the day, the father will say, it belongs to his son from the day that he dies. So therefore, when the son dies, when the father dies, then then the son can reclaim the property at one two three Main Street. He'll have the deed and the will. What? So the so the Brisa here is saying explicitly that if the father broke that rule and sold it, so then the sales. Not a shavua. It's not a shavua. You just he wrote a will. Sava. Yeah. No, it's not the case. It was earmarked, and he broke the rule and sold it anyways. So he's a, he just wasn't, he's not from or whatever. He just wasn't, he, he wanted the money, you know. So the din is that after the father dies, the son can say, here's my tzava, give me back the property, the three acres at 123 Main Street, that's mine. No. The Lukuchos lose out. Yeah. No, that but that's not the principle. That just means that they could benefit from the orchard. But the son doesn't have to pay for the principal cost of the field. It's it's his it's his. Why does he have to pay for it? Yes, a hundred percent. No discount on the price. It's just that whatever fruit, let's say the let's say yes, the pears. Oh, they get killed on the principal. Yeah, let's say it's a million dollar field, and they made a hundred thousand dollars of payros. I said they got crushed. 
it got crushed. So that's what the Brisa says. Let's let's talk about the reverse case, quarter of the way down. Machar Haben, if the son were to have sold it when he shouldn't have. So let's review. The father writes the will that I'm giving three acres at 123 Main Street to my son. And the father says from the day that he dies, the son was not allowed to sell it. It wasn't even in his property yet, and he gave it away. So then, Ein lo lelokech ad what does this line mean? It means that, that the, the purchaser doesn't own it until the father dies. Meaning, the son's not allowed to sell anything until the father dies. It's a good sale, but it, it's, it has like a stay of execution a little bit. Like it, it's a good sale, but it doesn't kick in until the, until the patira. And then, because it's his, because... Yeah, it's the reverse of retroactive. I don't know what the what the right phrase is. At 2 p.m., he's it's not, it's not the right word. At 2 p.m. on January 1st, he said, I'll sell you this piece of property. At 4 p.m., the father dies. So between two and four, the son, nothing. At four o'clock, then the sale goes through. What? Can I tell you? Not all of us follow the rules all the time. But does that mean he can collect the money early? You can collect that part doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. That's a logistical question. But the actual ownership piece only kicks in because the son wasn't allowed to sell, really, wasn't allowed to sell until he owns. So he sold it before his father died. And then the transaction only became real when the father died. But it was real. We don't have to say we don't say it was an invalid transaction and he has to do it again. It was valid. It just was, uh, he pre-gamed. The buyer can't sell it. Pre-market selling. There you go. That's something like that. The buyer can't sell it himself until that father dies. Because it's not his. Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. What did you say, Stan? <laughs> For that, you need Rishonim. Okay. Says the Gemara, 12 lines down. And this is where things get... Um, it's actually quite a beautiful Gemara. It's a little difficult, but it's really, it's really very beautiful. We're going to get to the, to the again, that inner, that inner core of what's actually going on here. When the father actually dies after the son sells it. Okay, so the son sells it on January 1st. When the father dies, then it's owned by the new people. This is true. Here's a twist. Even if the son dies before the father does. So let's get the flow of events right. The father writes a tzavah that the three acres on 123 Main Street belongs to the son. The son, this was on January 1st in the morning, 9 a.m. At noon, the son sells the property to Lakujos. And the son dies. Then the father dies. What? Not as of yet, no. No. Have you learned Shas before? This is uh, we'll get there. So then, assuming that he's the only son, so then when the son dies, even if the son dies first, and then the father dies, once the father dies, everything kicks into gear, and then the transaction is considered valid. So a lot of things happen. So what was written, son sold, son died, father died, Lakujos take ownership. Okay. And this is true even Delo Asuli de Haben. This is true even though in the son's lifetime he never took ownership over that item because he died before his father died. And the ownership of 123 Main Street was only after the father died, but the son's death preceded the father's death. So even though there was no moment in time when the son was alive that he owned 123 Main Street, 
but the flow of events still work out that the Lakuchos take ownership after the father dies. And this is Kirib Shimon ben Lakish to Amar, Losh Names Haben Bechai Haab, to Lo Asi Lide Ben, Lide de Ben, Losh Names Haab Bechai Haben, to Asu Lide de Ben, Konolokeach. Okay. So far, so good. This is our flow of events. This is the Knech, is that if the if 123 Main Street was put in the will that the father says, Ruben says, I'm giving it to my son Shimon. And then Shimon turns around and makes a quick buck and try and sells it now. And then and then uh, the son dies, and then the father dies, the Lakuchos take ownership. But this is only according to Shim ben Lakish. Let's see that primary Mari Makom over here, one third of the way down, Pei Chesim and Beis. The Gemara says to Itmar, Machar haben b'chai ha'av, umes haben b'chai ha'av. So here we see a machlokas. Rav Yochanan Amar lo kana lokeach. The, the presentation we just saw was that the lokeach was kona. Rish Lakish Amar kana lokeach. And now we're going to go through each of their shitas. Rav Yochanan Amar lo kana lokeach. Why does Rav Yochanan say that in this flow of events, the uh, the lokeach does not make a kenyan? Because Omar Lach, Kiktani Masnisen Machar Haben Lokan Lokech at Shemu Sa'av, Vichimai Sa'av, Isle Lokech. Only when the father dies, that's when there's going to be purchasers. Because the son did not die, and therefore the property did get into the actual hands of the child. But unlike Rish Lakish, Rav Yochanan says that if the son were to have died in the lifetime of the father, if the son dies before the father dies, because the money never made it into the actual halachic rishus of the son, nothing doing Alma, and this is the very, very deep uh, part of the Gemara, but this part's easy already. Alma, Kosover, Kenyan, Peros, Kenyan, Aguf, Dami. Now we're talking about Nechse Malug, that the Kenyan, Peros, the ability to have ownership over Peros is just like the principle. With Nechse Malug and the husband-wife dynamic, the wife owns the principle, the husband owns the Peros. But, says the Gemara, according to Rav Yochanan, because the father still owns the rights to the peros, therefore he owns the rights to the principal. And therefore, until the father dies, the son does not actually have full ownership and therefore the transaction to the lakuchos cannot be valid. And when the son sold it, it wasn't his because when he sold it, it was during his father's lifetime, and he died before his father, and therefore he couldn't actually transact because his father still had rights to the payros. You can't sell nichse maluk when your father's still alive because he owns the payros. Not allowed. And Rav Shimon ben Lakish, which was the Gemara's presentation at the top of Peches and Beis, he said, Omar, he said that the Lokech does own it because Kiktani Mas Nisen, when our Brisa taught a third of the way down, that Machar Haben Ainli Lokech Ad Sa'av, that the Lakuchos make uh, uh, do acquire after the father dies, Kimais Av Mihas Isleli Lokech, Loshna Lomes Haben Mechai Haav, the Asli De De Ben, Loshna Mes Haben Mechai Haav, the Lo Asli De De Ben, Kana Lokech doesn't matter. Look at the Brisa. The Brisa just says that the father has to die. Alma. What do we see from Reish Lakish? Reish Lakish holds Alma Kasavar Kenyan Peros, Lavki Kenyan Aguftami. So this is where we need the word bifurcation. This is a good usage of the word. We have we have our nichse malug within. Do you know what it means? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, <laughs> fork in the road. Okay. 
So our, our, our distinction to be made is that do we view the two parts of Nechzei Melug as one or two? Do we look at the principle as one entity that belongs to the wife and the peros belongs to the husband? Do we say that they're really tied up in a neat little bow and they're really both shaykh to the husband? That's what Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish are arguing about. And that's why, in our case, they have a, a machlokas about it. If you say that the peros and the nechzei mulug, the peros and the principal are inter inextricably bound, then I understand why Rabbi Yochanan would say that the Kenyan didn't work. Ma'ashe'en kein, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, who says that they're not inextricably bound, the peros are not an indicator of the, the capacity to sell the principal. And therefore, if the son tries to be mocher, what his mother gave him, which was the it works. And because of that, therefore, whatever he is selling, he is selling. The un Let's stop right here. It's going to take me another 20 minutes. We're going to stop right here at Ve'anan Hashta, two-thirds of the way down, about eight lines before the wide lines. We'll stop right here, and we'll pick up Emir Tzashem tomorrow with the balance of this. Amud, wishing you all a beautiful night.